September 1, 2023. So I'm Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Last one before my big tour coming up. MSSB. MainsteamStopValve.com if you want to know about that. Anyway, we started this show off with John Coltrane doing impressions live excerpt from November 22, 1962. And after that was Snake Oil with Non Credo. And as a result of Joe Berardi suggest we got because of them Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention. There you go. Thank them. I didn't get to introduce you yet, but there she is, people. Kira Volman. Welcome aboard, Kira. Please bring your earliest musical recollection memory. Oh, my goodness. Um, probably Perez Prado and Shirt Pink and Apple Blossom White. That was my parents' song, as it were, even though it's not a song. And they had a 45 of it. And as a little kid... I'm older, so we had a turntable that you could crank up to 78 and just put it on speed and just dance around the house like crazy little kids. And that's that's probably my earliest memory. That and um, Peter and the Wolf. So it's two memories, right? Say that again? Two memories. Yeah, I'm sorry. Two memories. There you go. Okay. In this pad you grew up in, was there musical instruments? Not exactly. We bought a house that came with a piano. Well, they bought a house that came with a piano. So I would mess around on the piano. And then somebody gave me a guitar when I was a little kid. But no, my parents did not play musical instruments at all. I did have an uncle who played bagpipes, though. And that piano that was in your pad, did you jump on that? Um, you're kind of cutting in and out. Um, did you ask if I jumped on it to play? It's just a slang, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, as a little kid, I would just make up songs on that piano. Yes, I loved playing that thing. But you didn't have to go through the ordeal of the piano lessons. Well, actually, no. Eventually, the parents got rid of the piano because they were tired of hearing me play on it. And they didn't want me taking lessons because they didn't want any of the noise. You know, John Cage said about noise, right? <laughs> I'm not sure I know exactly what, but I pretty much know where he stands on it. Well, he said something about like you and somebody else having a conversation, even if it's Mozart or something, that's noise because it's getting in the way. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, school. Were you in the marching band or the choir, shit like that? Choir. From I, as soon as I was in school, I was in choir all the way up through or into high school. Yeah. I'll sing and uh, what was the first record you bought with your own money? Uh, oh, hey, it's another twofer. Um, the Doors. Yeah, the but doors. first can only mean one, you know. Okay. Um, well, but I'm not, I'm not sure which one was the first. That's all right. It's a lot for Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. Then we'll just go with The Doors that I bought with my own money. Yes. You're talking about the eponymous? Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. And I, I got it. Um, at Tower Records in Westwood. Okay. And what about the first gig you saw? Well, um, I'm not sure if this counts, but I'm going to try it. I grew up in Malibu, and there was some sort of promotional thing for the Beach Boys when I was really young, maybe eight. And my girlfriend and I, and we weren't into the Beach Boys at all, but we thought, well, we'll go down there. But it was all just a bunch of older kids. I mean, it looked like beach blanket bingo. And so we weren't there for very long, but they were 
doing some promotional thing and playing a little bit. Okay, and uh, you said you got a guitar. Now, who's uh, yeah? Suggest was that your own or your parents? Or? Um, I think one of my parents' friends gave it to me. And did you get <laughs> lessons from a teacher? Hell no, no lessons. <laughs> well, I wasn't there. You got to tell me. When I get the fucking mind reading thing together, I won't even have to use words. <laughs> No, I wasn't there, so I don't know. But, and I've had, you know, I've been doing the show 22 years, four months, and there's a whole spectrum of autodidact all the way to, like, you know, higher university and stuff like that. Okay, so you're self-taught. And, 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 and was one of the ways you did it, like me and D. Boone, to supplement our learning besides Roy Mendes Lopez, was trying to learn songs off records. Did you do that? You know, I really did not. I just tried to play what was in my head. Ah, that's beautiful. That's what we learned from the mu movement. So you were starting to compose. Basically, I don't know that I thought of it that way, but I guess so. Um, and, and don't misunderstand. I ended up at a certain point taking some piano lessons when I was older. You know, no, or, or we're, still and, we're still on guitar. We're still on guitar. You know, studied clarinet. So. We're still on guitar, though. Because, oh, we're staying there for now. Okay. Yeah, because I'm here because it leads to this question. If you give me a chance, okay. after school, not graduating, but in the afternoon, did you get into the garage band, basement band, bedroom band thing with your friends? Um, for a little while, yes. When I was a teenager, there were these guys down the street that I guess they were kind of pretending to have a band, and. I would get in on piano with this one guy who was playing piano and I would just kind of hang out and sometimes join in just kind of improvising more than anything, even though it wasn't improv music. It was just sort of, you know, if it was blues or whatever, just playing around in the key. Um, oh, but you didn't bring your guitar. It was a piano. Okay. It was piano then. Yeah, no, I never, do you know, it's funny. I didn't really get, that interested in playing the guitar until just a few years ago. I've always had one. Well, you know what uh, Orson Welles taught us? We'll sell no wine before it's time. <laughs> that's right. I remember that. <laughs> remember yes. those? I think that's the last work he did. Those, oh, those isn't commercials, that sad? Brought, what's sad is that wine because that's some two buck chuck if I ever fucking. Yeah, two buck swear. chuck. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Anyway. Anyway, stay on the subject. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, so, th this is your first time jamming with other cats? Say that again. I'm sorry, because for some reason, the connection's a little Yeah, weird. you don't say have that... to tell the audience that, okay? <laughs> just no. pretend like everything's righteous and perfect. <laughs> I think it's just on my end. No, it's over here, too. But I've done yeah. this long enough that if you, you, know, you know about selling a gig, right? You have to... Sometimes suspend realities. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'll pretend I hear the full question. Yeah, they're hearing you say that. Okay. okay. <laughs> of course. Now, uh, or you just ask me to repeat. What about uh, first time you were jamming is with these cats where you're improvising on piano? That, that, um, I don't really have a strong memory of it other than just doing it. I remember that one of the guys probably really hated having me around. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> well, no, it's true. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not saying it's not true, but it's terrible that that motherfucker had to be like that. 
Well, you know, that's sometimes people are still like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, at least you guys had the excuse you were kids still. I hope he grew out of it. Anyway, so, anyway, I, 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 you, you get beyond this and have ever, uh, other musical experiences that are more positive, right? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Everything changed, you know, probably after I got out of school, you know? Uh, well, kind of, because you're telling me. But, okay, what happens when you get out of school? Then I decided, you know, back in that day, what was it, the recycler? that? You yeah, go, on Thursdays. Yes, and you go pink paper. Like, yeah, um, I bought all my all my cars, all my instruments, everything from that thing. Everything came from that thing, and <laughs> and, and also um, people. It was like a Craigslist of those days, and they could run free ads, and it only cost seventy five cents in the Seven Eleven. So that was our marketplace. Exactly, and that's where musicians connected too. That's so, right. You could get in bands. <laughs> Yes, and that's that's what happened. Was I started answering um, ads for you know either a vocalist wanted or this wanted, and eventually fell in with different people, and nothing really took. Um, so I started my own band. Yes, <laughs> I love it. And then that um, that went through a few different changes. Um, what was it called? Did they have a name? Wax. Oh, okay. Kay had a band called, you know, there's another lady I know named Kira. And she had, was in a band called Wax. Well, it was her brother Paul's band, but ain't that a trippy coincidence? Well, it's it's a good name for one. You can call it, you know, <laughs> think of all the album titles you can come up with. <laughs> Actually, it's a slang for an album, right? In the old days. Right. right. So, you know, I, I just was thinking of Turtle Wax and whatever. Okay, did Wax, what was, was there a gig? What was the first Wax gig like? First Wax gig might have been at Madame Wong's West. I remember in Chinatown. Yeah. No, no, West was Santa Monica, right? Santa Monica, yeah, West was Santa Monica. That might have been the first gig for that. I mean, I had played other places at Club 88 and something over in the Valley, I don't remember. There you know, different places around town in some other band um, before I had my own, but my own, then we just played a handful of things. And then. No, no. Tell me about that first gig. Was it a success? I don't remember it. Okay. Okay. I, I don't remember it. You can it. only I, have your first band, uh, first gig of your prod, pro, first prod only once. Mm -hmm. That's why I asked. Say that again. You can only have your first gig of your first prod once. And so that's why I asked. Right, and I don't remember it. I, That's I do, okay. I do remember a first gig with um, a band I was with for a little while, and that it was at Club 88, and one of the people in this band called everyone he knew in the industry to come out for it, and everyone in the band, except for me, because I didn't do drugs or anything, they, anything like that, they all did coke, and the gig was horrible. <laughs> Shows to go, you people. We're going to yeah. learn from that lesson. It was so awful, and I was mortified, and all these people had come out, you know. It was yeah, like you a, fucking okay. shit all over them. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, people yeah were, it was not good. Yeah. That that stands out more than my first No, kid. no, I think that's that's fucking happening. Look, you gave me some more non-credo with Joe Berardi. Big teeth, let's listen. Your smile runs off the photo as I catch it. 
in the corner of my eye, I start to cry. The colors from the paper fall into the crack where the wall meets the floor. I walk out the door. The lies you whispered in my ear were something to behold, and so I put them in a jar where I could look at them now and then and shake them up and rattle them and listen while they beat against the sides as they try to break out
That chunk of music star off with Don Credo doing Big Teeth. And then Marnie Stern, she's back uh, making music, playing speak. Uh, Emily Robb with her uh, 
solo guitar record. She's running a studio in Philly. Solo and A. Richie sent this to me. Victoria Shen. Incredible person. Self-scratching record. Uh, excerpt. You know, you get a job at a synthesizer factory, so what do you do? You end up building synth, you know, inventing and building them. Uh, Yaller. With Yeller 138. <laughs> Uh, Bob Lord after that. Black Triangle from the Atlantic 2019. Martha. No. Sorry. Martina. Excuse me. Bertha. And Philip Schlatter with uh, Swiss people. People. LFO 1. Brand new. Cup. Soon will be flood. That's the people in the panhandle. What's it called? The Big Bend part of the panhandle. right? Florida. Uh, Cup is a uh, Yukahanda with Nels Klein. And then finally, Kira Volman with her own name. Itchin Litigious. Ah. Kind of a lawyer word. Okay, uh, so after that nightmare uh, confrontation, cocaine addiction, <laughs> not personally, but kind of personally, because you're up there, you know, spending time learning their songs. It wasn't your band even. I'm interested, though, in the wax stuff, the material. Was it, was it all Kira Volman composition? On on what? Wax. Oh, yes. Everything is mine. Wow, that's great. And did you write their parts or did you like bring... Here, what do you hear when you I play this for you? Or did you like write everybody's parts, make demos? What's no, I, I let most of the people have their own parts except, and this was a problem, except with the bass player... I would usually sing what I wanted the bass player to play. Yeah. And then I had, you know, bass players were very hard to come by back then and to keep. Ah, there was one in Pedro. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, but uh, so I ended up not having a bass player for a while and actually having an electric cellist. Oh, you mean the problem was this cat would not do the lines that you sang to? No, no. He would, he would, but then he left to join the Oh, okay, 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 okay. And then it was, and then I had another friend's, the guitarist's boyfriend come in and play bass for a little while. And then he went on to something else. And so then I had someone come in on cello. Oh, that's the problem. It was commitment. Yeah, keeping them because yeah. there just weren't enough. Sure, sure, sure. Um, okay. And so then I just went, fuck it, I'm going to, oh, can I say fuck it? Yeah, um, of course. Bring I just, it. I just did. Um, I decided to get your own show. You can make rules like that. <laughs> so I went, and got, I went out and I bought a bass. And Whoa! Just okay. Bass. What a great inspiration, right? Like, no one yeah. can do this for me, so I'm going to learn it on my people. Learn from this. This is great. Go ahead. What was the first song you learned on the bass? Was it when you're on one of your own compositions? Yeah, it would have been one of my own. Yes. Wow. Now, you doing some of that piano, you knew some left hand, right? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I didn't think of it that way. You know, I just would pick up instruments and just start playing them. And trust me, I'm not a virtuoso on anything. But if I can make a sound on it, I can come up with something. That's. I think that's very happening talent. Because what is the correct way? Because... You know, that, yeah, because it's kind of a dilemma, right? What should be, and then isn't this a, a means to express myself? I think that that's exactly what it should be. 
is how do you express yourself? And there, like with your show, there shouldn't be any rules. Okay. You know, it just. Well, um, we got a paradox here because that's a rule. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. The rules it's all right. It's all right. It might be a language trick. We got to channel Mr. Wittgenstein. There you go. <laughs> Get to that. So, so how, uh, but wax keeps going. It just goes through different uh, manifestations. It went for a while. And then I can't remember how, when or why, but it all just fizzled out. And that was right around the time that, um, well, I had once again, I actually met with a bass player. I think what I was trying to do was still find someone else to do it, but then I would have a bass to show them what the part was. Ah, um, yeah. Instead of just singing it, now believe me, I know what I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I met with, oh my gosh, I can't remember like, her like, name. Like, look at my she hands, was, look at my hands. <laughs> yeah. and, but she... Oh, it was a lady bass player, great. It was a lady bass player, and, and she was into ska music. Um, oh, which have really uh, a, a fluid bass lines, really moving kind of stuff. Right. Well, the thing was, she was so not into my music. Oh, and, shit. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and once again, we met through the recycler, and she was lovely. And she said, you know what? You need to go hear this band. This band is going to be your kind of thing. And I've been avoiding hearing them for quite a while. But she said, and I know the drummer, and I'll introduce, you know, I'll connect you to we she didn't want to introduce us in person and that was joe berardi the drummer fibonacci's and, and the fibonacci's yeah, and okay. i was waiting going to hear the fibonacci's in person i think i'd seen them on uh oh my gosh what was that show new wave theater yes yes i'd seen them on that <laughs> and other people had said oh you're going to love them and i just didn't want to be influenced in any way by anything that i might naturally gravitate towards um, but I finally went to hear them at Club Lingerie, 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 whatever, and... Um, underwear. Sorry? We, we would call it the Underwear Club. Underwear Club. Exactly. <laughs> the panties. Um, <laughs> and remember that so place? I met Joe remember, there, and you remember in Hollywood? we ended up starting, you know, just playing together musically. Um, Kira, band, do you actually. remember that place in Hollywood that just sold underwear? Maybe. Maybe it was by the Beverly Center. There was a place that just well, sold underwear. Yes, uh, I remember something like that. Did they have stockings also? Yeah, well, that was in the window and shit like that. Yeah. Okay, so Joe Berardi, this is this is the beginning of non credo. It was. It didn't happen quickly. Um, Joe was at that time, you know, he's playing with the Fibs, and then at a certain point, he's going out on tour with Stan Ridgeway. And so I started writing a lot of tunes to just do them myself. And he came back from a tour and was like, well, no, these are really good. I want to play on these. And so we did a recording and um, we, it just grew from there. Yeah. Like recording, because in those days, people didn't record at home much. Say that again? Well, in those days, people didn't record at home much. So where did you oh, record? Okay. At that time, I had a Fostex four track. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a cassette thing, and you put two, you could do two. Sure, sure, sure. That's how we did the first Dose record. We traded cassettes. I was doing file trading in 1985. Right, right. Well, after that, I got to put a pause on here, like on the Fostex machine, right? Because we're at the end of the first hour, the September 1, 2023 Dishwater Pedro Show special guest, Kira Volman. Hold tight for hour two.
September 1, 2023. It's the second hour of what for Pedro's show.
Falling on all fours, the dispossessed, the displaced, the manifest, lost face, screeching to a halt, beseeching, no fault. I don't know, it wasn't me, I can't say, I didn't see, let me go, I won't tell, no matter what, we're bound for My beat, the locals I see all look out for me. Steadfastly sinning, Monique sits there grinning, her toothless, but women smiling. I, I, I wave as I go by. I always say hi. The derelicts all buy for my attention. Start off second hour with Kara Volman doing nas- nascent complacency outside the Geist. Is that Geist people means a uh, spirit of time, huh? MSSV after that. That's a tour I'm going to do in the moment. In this moment, sorry. Guided by voices. Awake man. Brand new album. Surprised? Yeah. It's even months he puts out records. Bob Pollard, incredibly prolific. Infinite River after that, summer session number seven. Jeb Bishop, Pandelis, Kara Yorgis with Never Ending, and finally Kira Volman. The Derelicts, all via 
for my affection. To continue with the non-credo origin story, you're doing uh, recordings on your four track. Um, yes, first on the on the Fostex, and then um, I decided, well, because I had paid for a demo at Earl Mankey's studio, I had done a, a demo Concrete there. Blonde. And, Concrete and Blonde, on the, uh, drummer man, right? I'm sorry, Earl. I thought he was I a think, guitarist. Well, he had something with. Uh, what was her name? Concrete Blonde, the lady singer. Still in Hollywood. I remember the song. I, her name eludes me at the moment. I know who you're talking about. Uh, in fact, Dee Boone gave me uh, that as a reason. You know, people were telling us at Minuteman we should move up to Hollywood because that's where all the gigs were. And Dee Boone said, look, if we move to Hollywood, what are we going to write songs about? And I said, maybe Hollywood. Yeah, he said, somebody already did that. <laughs> Let's stay in Pedro. It's close enough to drive. There we go, yes. Yeah. Anyway, continue. You, you guys could do a uh, demo. So, yes. So there had been a demo, and that actually was my demo, um, but Joe was on it. And then because of having that experience, which was actually a really good experience, but I decided, no, I'm going to go get a Tascam recording system. And so I got, you know, half-inch, eight-track. Wow. Uh, Tascam and a board. You know, I remember those. Of, I remember you know, those. Um, and you know, those mixing words, you know, when it came to mixing your recordings, it was like you were performing an, as an orchestra or something, <laughs> and would, Joe and I taking whatever side of the board and just having to go in and out. Cause there was a lot of, <sighs> there's no automation people. So they all had to been hand operated. Everything was hand operated, and also because of the nature of the music, it wasn't like you could just let anything fly. In order to fit everything on those eight tracks, you know, one one part would end, and now a whole different instrument is playing on the same track, and it would just be, you know, now you've got to pull this down, pull this absolutely, up, do this, absolutely. do this, and it was the, the massive coordination to get it going. So we had that for years and used that, and. Um, that was how what, we did. what about live performances? What was the first non-credo gig? Where was our first gig? Oh, uh-oh. Isn't it funny that I don't or remember was it, these Okay, maybe it was like a Steely Dan band <laughs> where you just recorded, right? We, well, we did a lot of recording, but we did do gigs. But it could have been, you know, in places like art galleries more than anything. That's all right. Yeah, because we weren't... Um, it was very difficult for us to get booked because of the nature of the music. It was just not your typical club fair for what was going on in the clubs in L.A. Yeah, that's so, terrible. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So it, it, we got on someone's bill, and, and whatever for whatever reason, we were sort of adopted by the CalArts music people. They well, because I think because your music took chances, and there's people who are going to school there that wanted to take. Matoka Honda's been on the show, and she, right, she, she, right, uh, uh, Wada Smith became her advisor, and she almost got to hate music, but then there's something about. So I, that's maybe why, maybe. Well. I, I don't know what the whole thing was, but it worked really well for us. We ended up on bills with people who were CalArts students and or music, musicians who had come out of that. And even though we weren't in playing in the same vein as they were, 
we probably fit there more than we fit in a rock club. I mean, I remember that Brendan Mullen would never book us. He just refused. He, to book he, us. By that time, the, uh, let me tell the listeners, he's the guy who ran the mask and stuff. Yes. But then he went on to book the club underwear, <laughs> Sunset right. Boulevard there. And uh, I remember him opening the drawer and I saw a picture of the four man Dills where all they're wearing dresses. <laughs> It's really but, funny. But it's weird about gatekeepers because this movement was supposed to be about let the freak flag fly and all of a sudden there's guardrails. Exactly. And that was really, that was kind of depressing because. Absolutely. I, sorry? Absolutely. I agree with you, Kara. I just thought that um, it should be, that the more weird the bill, the more fascinating and interesting it might be instead of trying to make everything fit well together. And... Um, then you so, find out about this other reality, like, oh, we buy the beers for 25 cents and sell them for $3. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah this... Here, let me play some more music. Another Kira Volman composition, Nightmares on Toast. <laughs> Apropos, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm falling. I'm on the floor. I'm crawling. Let's go crazy I'm falling 
it's right as right as right can be. And I have a notion that love, 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 love is the right emotion for us. You and I, I and you, us, the two of us. And I, I have a thought on what we have got, and that thought is that it's right, it's good, it's wonderful, it's marvelous. And, well, I have a plan to do all I can, because I have a feeling that it's right. And I have a dream, and I'm here to tell you, that dream has come true for me and for you. Yes. Oh, 
things to make the flight to forget.
rejection he'd faced from his failed attempt as a stand-up comic would render him incapable of anything other than a career as a weathercaster for the local news. He decided it would be more prudent of him to just head straight for the gutter. And so, he and the dog sit in the doorway, in the culvert, in the alley, and they wait for your change, for the moon, for the wind, for the crown. For Pedro Show, that chunk of music start off Kira Volman. Stop, excuse me. Nightmares on toast. And then we had Bombus Prendon with Madam. I'm Adam. Doug Wimbish, great bass man out of Connecticut. Loving color right now. Perplexed from his solo album. Samuel Lock Ward, Jad Fair with I Got a Feeling. Uh, Chris Patichel and Vuyo. Sotasha with easy, and in parentheses, fight to forget. And finally, non-credo, hubris and greed, speaking of club politics. Yeah, right. Okay, so uh, non-credo is playing gigs, making recordings. Right. Uh, but uh, you know this Kira Volman thing, is that going on alongside, or is you putting all your music energy into non-credo? At that time, I was putting all of it into non-credo, and then I started to write. I'd write a piece, and if Joe wasn't really into it, I'd go, that's okay, it'll go into my solo album, thinking always that at some point I would do a solo album. So if he wasn't into it, it would just go to something else was my plan. Um, so then it ended up where some things just got written with the intention of a solo album, which really then came to the forefront when we had the pandemic, that we're, we're in the throes of lockdown and COVID. And it was sort of, well, it's now or never. And instead of having other musicians play these instruments, I guess I'm just going to go for it and do it all myself. So that's how that came about. Yeah, because I think, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, your solo album just came out. And we're talking number of years ago when this... Uh, began, I guess, this idea of having the solo album, right? Right. But I, I mean, I don't have a lot on this one because um, I actually had enough material for, uh, you know, more than two albums. Um, and some of it was already partially recorded. And it's just stuff that accumulated over time. How, how many How many years? Of accumulation of songs. Well, that led up to the the solo album. <laughs> well, actually, there are only a couple on the solo album that are from early on, or you know, like several years ago, because most of it was written during the pandemic. Oh, actually. okay, but but you decided. 
back in the early non-credo days that you did want a solo album. You just weren't writing a lot of material yet. Yeah, and that's exactly it. I just, um, it's sort of if I had an idea, and the idea would go in the back burner. So it's not like I finished writing it or whatever. It's just if I had an idea and I either sang it or played it for non-credo purposes and it wasn't going to work, well, then I just kind of go, okay, well, put it aside. So I have a lot of material aside. Repurposed. Yes, yes. So, but only a couple were repurposed for Outside to the Geist. Okay. Um, most of that was written as I was recording it. Ah, okay. So it was like kind of current. Yes, yes. And it was released in March of 2022. Yeah, March 2022. A year and a half um, ago. It's been out over a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well... Uh, like Mr. Wells taught us, no wine before it started. There we go. Yes, exactly. Thank Again, you, Mr. Wells. Yeah. You know, one time I met him. Oh, you, did you? you know that hot dog pad, Pink's? Yes. He had a chili dog in each hand, and he's walking from there. Like, Mr. Wells he said, "Young man, I'd shake your hand, but I am busy." Wow, that is funny. <laughs> I actually, I have a song that I haven't recorded yet. Yeah. Called Big Man. And I mentioned he was a big man. I mean, not just fat, but tall and wide. Yeah. Well, I mentioned him in it, but I also mentioned Dee Boone in the song. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Look, we're at the end of the September 1, 2023 edition of What Pedro Show special guest, Kira Volman. Hold tight for hour three. September 1, 2023. It's the third hour of the What for Pedro Show.
life that comprises surprises and finally surmises the lifelong struggle the need for no strife. I'm queen of the mountain, queen of the hill, of a mountain of pain, of a hatches the sphere of Orion, then king of all that I say. And if you don't miss me, you better pray. I don't forget to take much good boy out. The next time I open my mouth and spout some silly ass fairy tale bullshit rant, directed at fools who obviously can't comprehend what's right in front of their face. A superior being from an inferior race. Are you questioning? Can this mean? Listen to me. I am the queen. I am the queen. I am the queen. I am the queen. Boosted is the boosted of the index text that makes up your life. Your life.
Pedro Show, start off third hour, Kira Vallman, doing I Am the Queen. Of course. I met Lil Richard, you know I'm the king. Sure. Sure, Mr. Richard. Fence post after that with preparation. Here's uh, Roman numerals here. So, uh, 75, Invasion 3. Roman numeral 3. Street sex out of Texas with, and I grew into ribbons. Stefano Pagliotti, Italy, Bologna. Present tension. And finally, Kira Volman with Kansas City for a day. Count Basie's town. Uh, Charlie Parker, too, is from there. Uh, to continue on, where yeah. we left off was like, because I kind of want to know the difference between Non Credo and Kira Volman. Now I know. Now I know. The, the solo album that was a long time incubating. And stuff, but, but but what happened? Because what uh, the fibs kind of break up, right? And and, and Joe uh, Berardi's a little more free. Do you guys do more non credo? We did. Um, we haven't been super active in the last few years. We we get together now and then and play, but we haven't got a gig going or anything like that or a new recording we've been working on um actually a covers album uh just to be not like songs that would be non-credoized because yeah. obviously we wouldn't be able to play anything completely straight i don't think um yeah, no, you don't need that anyway we got the original version <laughs> right. nobody needs to hear that again the that's same way right. from, from somebody else you know absolutely um, and we when we get together, we improvise a lot and see if that develops into anything. And 
Yeah, I wanted to ask about the process. What is a non-credo way of composing? It depends. Sometimes Joe will write a piece and I'll have an idea for lyrics and a melody and that will happen. Um, and maybe, you know, a clarinet part or whatever. And most of the time I write the songs I'm singing, most of them, because I just, you know, do that all the time. So <laughs> a lot of songs are there. And um, because I'm the one singing them, I don't want to sing anyone else's lyrics. And Does Joe write lyrics? I don't know that he does. Yeah, okay. Because, really, no, I think drummers, because Georgie with the Minuteman, he wrote some of our wildest <laughs> words. Really? Yeah, I that, think because where they're sitting and also this weird perception, kind of bigotry towards drummers being stupid and shit. Oh, well, that's... It's that's, fucked up. It's fucked up. Really Biggest fucked mistake up. was us putting Georgie in the back. Last 20 years, I've had all my drummers up front. So that's why I'm curious if Joe wrote you. But you wouldn't even sing Joe Berardi <laughs> words. You know, if he'd come up with something, I would do it for Joe, yes. Yeah, so but would I. <laughs> Joe's a very, very musical drummer. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I would call him lyrical. Yes, absolutely. So he didn't need to write But he's it. also very grooving. Yes. Which is a good mix. That too, yes. Um, and so we do a lot, you know, we come up with ideas out of improvisations too. Ah, and so do you tape like these big sessions and then you cherry pick the good stuff? We've done it that way, and we've also the thing is, is that Joe and I really naturally fall into improvising in a way that is almost spontaneous composition, and we just have this way. And maybe it's because we've been playing together for forty years. No, There's, no, me and D Boone had that. We never had to teach each other the other part. You just start playing to what that dude would play. Yeah, and that's kind of it, Joe. I mean, we we change at the same time we and we build in the same manner and we both have this sense of not dragging it out you know where something's like when you sit and you listen to someone improvise or whatever and it's kind of like okay it could have ended no it could have ended there wait 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 no it could have ended there and they just keep going and going and going <laughs> and we try not to do that i don't think we ever do that we wrap it up it's sort of oh it hit a peak it's fallen into a perfect place to wrap up out we go and the tune that, the tune has an arc yes and, <laughs> and when it's over it's over that's right you take the l out of lover it's over that's right that's right <laughs> no so, no martha it, davis right motels that's that's right I, that, that you know great. what they used to prack at the mask probably oh, the only new wave band <laughs> practice at the mask uh, that's, what, that's what the other Kira told me. Yeah, because she used to run the prac pad when she was seven. Because Mask wasn't just a gig place. It was actually a prac pad at first. Well, I used to live nearby there, and I would walk by all the time so I could hear people, you okay. know, practicing and warming up and whatever else. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, I thought for the last chunk of music to start off with going home. Let's listen. Let us lay our dead to rest. 
When was the time our place reassigned? Extinction defined, the planets aligned. The birds do still sing each morning. Silence would be forewarning. Whispering winds informing, shake us from our ignoring. Was there a day you wanted to pray? You knew what to say by just sit and crochet. No more pretending for this well, crawling back into your shell, hiding wherever you may dwell, riding the hunt from the carousel. Just sleep tight, tomorrow comes too quick, departure days light, sorrow cloaks the sickly. What was the plan? Let one from a can, back where they began, thrown
Well was the place We tripped in the race And all fell from grace Rewind and erase The flowers will bloom each spring Vines will entwine hot things That which is left standing Some falls harness its rising Who walked away Unscathed unafraid The piper unpaid Which one of you stayed Waking requires leaving Faking inspires relief Chronically dire is your grief And runs like a fire and a thief Just hang tight each week is but a day long thought And light cease for those who stay strong Why won't we trust? Not all is unjust Filled with disgust I walk away Watch for Pedro show Last music for this edition. That chunk started off with Going Home from Kira Volman, apropos. Uh, Fisarum with Brother Knife. Hundred Flowers. Yep, urinals changed their name to Hundred Flowers to get more gigs. Didn't work. They changed the name back. But this is during that period. They recorded at uh, Radio Tokyo. Did you ever record Radio Tokyo in Venice with Ethan James? No, I never okay. did. Okay. Well, they yeah. did this here. I, this I is knew him, um, and I knew of Radio Tokyo and Tokyo and the Radio Tokyo. That's why we did uh, double nickels on the dime. No. Yeah, that's where we did it. Eleven hundred Dallas. I paid for it. Then the Brendan Etter Ensemble with Memories, and finally Kira Volman, the Piper Unpaid, which is kind of like turning that aphorism around, right? You got to pay the piper. That's right. That's so, right. like, it's an outstanding debt? Yep, yep. This is my prog rock tune. <laughs> so you got a sense of genre there. <laughs> no, 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 no. What, 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 what's going on right now in this moment for you music, uh-huh. musically? Right now, musically, I am in flux. I am. I have a building in the Altadena area that I am rehabbing part of. And once that section is rehabbed, I can all of a sudden bring out my music gear and start playing here again. And it's been, we rented out one side for a while and it was impossible to play here. And so I'm going to get back to that very soon. And I'm going to work on the next solo record and Joe and I are going to be working on something for Non Credo to do live. Um, so we've got all these plans in the works, and I just need another month or so before I can get everything set up here. Sure, sure. And is there a place on the internet where people can find out more about you and your music? Bandcamp um, is one place. Well, what would be the URL? Would it be K I R A V O L L M A N dot bandcamp dot com? I, yeah, it's calm, and then I don't know if it's backslash Bandcamp. If you just go Bandcamp and look up Kira Volman, uh, you will. Yeah, they usually have the to- name dot Bandcamp dot com. That usually gets you there. And uh, okay, really, uh, influ- I didn't get to ask you about influences because you're such self-taught thing, and it was you know such a personal experience. Music for you. Did you ever look outside to other influences? Um. I think we all do. I I don't think I looked, but I, you can't help but be influenced by anything and everything you hear. I've um, had people on the show who say no, nobody's ever influenced them. <laughs> but but that that can't be possible. If you're listening, to, if you've ever heard anything else, I mean, I 
every once in a while do field recordings and um, to use in music. And I have this recording from an escalator that's super noisy at the Paseo in Pasadena. That's and a mall, right? It's got this rhythmic noise going on. And so I'll record that. I mean, and that ends up being used or influencing something. I mean, everything in here is going to influence you. It has to. Or reaction against it. Uh, well, yes, but then he's still influencing uh, Yeah, I, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. It, yeah. Even if you react against it, it has an influence on you. Even if you don't adopt it and you react against it, it still has its influence. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you. But uh, do, uh, I'm saying like a musician maybe that you uh, consciously focused on. No. Okay. No, no one specific. I, mean, I can just, I, I could give credit to everyone I've ever listened to. That's all. You know, every vocalist, every bass player. Benny Goodman? No, um, <laughs> the licorice stick, right? Yeah, the thing is, that's funny. Did you know that Joe's dad played with Benny Goodman? I think he said something about that. Yeah, um, no, that that didn't. The, you know the I, bitching thing about Benny Goodman? He hired Charlie Christian. There you go. Yeah, you go. much respect. Hey, I don't know if you remember um, the Angels Gate Sassus gig. You know, you I got the music? longest. I've got the longest lease there. My prac pad's been there 36 years. Oh, wow. Okay, so do you remember Cindy Bernard had Sassus? Cindy Bernard is class of 76, San Pedro High, same as me. Oh, wow, cool. (laughs) She quit on this concert where it was trios pulled from a hat. Yeah. Yeah, and I wanted so badly to be pulled with your name. Yeah, but it didn't happen. I know, I remember that. Yeah, I thought bass clarinet and you on bass it was going to be so great. This is what in my head I was putting it out there, and it didn't happen. So someday maybe it will. One day, one way. I still got the practice pad, so if you ever want to play there, got the drums set up, Joe Berardi could come and fucking help us out. That would be fun. Yep, bass amp, the guitar amp, the PA, the whole thing set up, ready to go. 36 years, oldest leaseholder. It was the officer's head. I tore out all the shitters, put up a hatch and bulkhead and repurposed it i want to thank you so much when this next solo album comes out can you please come back on the show and we can play it and talk about it i would love to okay great Great. thank you so much for having me on you're very very welcome thank you joe berardi for the connect people it's been the september 1 2023 edition wapito show i'm going to be gone for a couple months on tour but when i come back november we pick up where we left off keep your powder dry